Welcome to Life as a Spiritual Soup podcast with your host, Juliana Raymond. Join me to explore a variety of diverse topics designed to inform, educate, and empower you through your life journey. It has been my passion to inform individuals how extraordinary you truly are, that life events are not random, but synchronized by the choices each individual makes. My goal is to unravel the cause and effect of individual life choices and present my listeners with often new concepts in living. Discover your mastery and the life you were born to live. Hello, Life is a Spiritual Soup listeners. If you've been following the podcasts, you know I launched a series of alternative therapeutics. My previous podcasts introduced you to two fascinating practitioners, alerting you to everyday products that could be toxic to your overall health with Dr. Christine Belcher, and an introduction to new light wave technologies with Sandra Barnett, RN. In this podcast, my guest, Dr. Nathan Coles, is going to not only provide you with insight into cardiac health modalities, but introduce you to a magical stem cell technology that is going to reduce, begin to repair tissue, or eliminate pain, often preventing the need for surgical intervention. I know you are going to want to pay close attention to this cutting-edge technology. By profession, Dr. Coles is an amazing chiropractor. By curiosity, he is passionate about discovering therapeutic modalities that will enhance the physical wellness of his clientele. I'm not sure how this interview is going to unfold, but I can guarantee you it's going to be lively informative, and life-changing. Welcome, Dr. Coles. Thank you very much. Happy to be here. I first want to introduce to our listeners the benefit of chiropractic health. In my pre-interview with you, I'd asked you how you would explain chiropractic benefit. And I believe your answer went something like this, that if you asked most chiropractors what they did their answers would be as diverse as their individual practices. Can you tell us how you practice chiropractic care? Sure. My practice of chiropractic care probably is um, a little broader than a lot of other chiropractors. Um, There are schools that teach uh, straight chiropractic, which is just adjusting the spinal segments. We do whatever we can within our scope of practice Uh, to broaden uh, those treatment modalities so that we're able to treat um, more efficiently, less often if possible, and uh, more effectively. Uh, We not only adjust the spine, but we do uh, soft tissue modalities. Active release techniques would be one, uh, eliminating scar tissue, adhesions in the muscles, between the muscles. We treat fascia, which is the connective tissue that holds us all together, and the big body stocking of fascia. And um, also using uh, Graston techniques, so scraping, also treating the fascia, 
and our new technology we'll talk about later, uh, soft wave tissue regeneration technology as well. Of also, uh, I forgot to mention uh, taping. So literally anything that we can get our hands on that will uh, loosen up the body, uh, allow the soft tissues to play well with the bones and the uh, spinal segments, the joints, and uh, that combined with the uh, rehabilitation exercises, uh, just kind of a, a holistic approach to the body rather than focusing just on spinal segments, just on moving a bone. We want to make sure the body's just actually functioning properly. And I believe you mentioned taping, and so I have been the recipient of many of these chiropractic adjustments, which have been marvelous. The taping is sports taping? Mm-hmm. Called uh, kinesio taping. Uh, my favorite brand to use is Rock Tape. It's just a, uh, a brand that I uh, enjoy the texture of, lasts a long time. So the, the biggest thing that I use uh, taping for is to... Uh, bring blood flow to the area. So we uh, put it on, it uh, separates the more superficial tissues uh, from the deeper tissues, allow for better blood perfusion, better oxygenation, which of course uh, promotes healing and also helps stabilize the area too. So a lot of individuals who are thinking or have received chiropractic care might have in their mind that this is the bone crunching, adjusting that everybody cringes to when Mm -hmm. you think about going to chiropractic care. And that still exists. That's not exactly how you practice. No, I'm a big, big fan of, uh, like I said, soft tissue modalities, flexion distraction, where they're more gently uh, uh, pulling the the spine, the spinal segments apart, and introducing motion gently rather than the body slams that uh, a lot of people might associate in their mind with chiropractic. This is kind of a sneaky question that you weren't prepared for, but. <laughs> What led you to get into chiropractic care in the first place? I always thought that the human body was really neat. I always was just uh, drawn to the function of the body, fitness in general. My aunt was and is a chiropractor. She's retired now, but she actually uh, taught for active release techniques. Um, But I always thought it was just really cool that if someone had an injury, she was able to just come in there with her hands and address it, and uh, people would feel better uh, a lot of times uh, immediately or almost immediately. And uh, so I went to undergrad. I didn't exactly know right off the bat what I wanted to major in, and uh, I was attracted to biology. And uh, we, um, of course, got to uh, do the dissections and um, just thought that was really fascinating. And so when I uh, graduated with a biology degree, uh, I moved to New York for two years while I thought about things and uh, eventually settled on chiropractic. It was really a good fit. I just enjoy uh, the human body, how it functions, the fact that we're able to address um, function uh, without a lot of times medication, without surgery, using foods and supplements and exercises and uh, hands-on treatments. If someone were seeking chiropractic care, would this be something that they would want to add to their health regimen on a routine basis? Absolutely. I mean, we compare it a lot of times to uh, running a car without getting your oil changed. So whatever your choice of therapeutic modality would be, I mean, massage, yoga, you know, reflexology, energy work, um, you have to do something, whatever it may be, to, to, to keep your, your body in line functioning properly. And I believe, of course, as, as a chiropractor, that chiropractic should be a, a regular part of that. Just keeping the body in, in alignment. In alignment, in motion, unrestricted. 
We just briefly covered the scope of chiropractic care, and again, I believe Dr. Coles had indicated that if you asked many different chiropractic practitioners, they would tell you that their practice was extraordinarily diverse. But I'm going to switch gears on you for a moment. I believe that Dr. Coles is wanting to talk to you about how cardiac care can be important with the assistance of chiropractic adjustments. So I'm going to turn the mic over to him again. Well, not just with chiropractic adjustments, but with a lot of the stuff you're already familiar with in general, just energetically. I was introduced to a book by another chiropractor, Dr. Stephen Hussey. It's called uh, Understanding the Heart. And he talks a lot about how we have misconceptions about how the cardiovascular system works. Uh, We're going to talk a little bit about fourth phase water, the exclusionary zone, and uh, how we can boost our cardiovascular health through natural means. So back up a minute, Mm -hmm. four-phase water. Fourth phase, yep. And we'll definitely define that. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) This book is is probably one of my favorite books I've ever read. Uh, It's just fascinating material. Going even back to lipid theory, how we think about cholesterol, how we're taught about cholesterol and diet, a lot of that is starting to be rethought. And uh, this is a, a, a huge part of that as well. You want to get into it? Yes, absolutely. Okay. I know they're curious. Yeah. Um, so back in the mid-1800s, uh, there's a German researcher and physician named, I think I'm saying this properly, Johann Thudicum. Close he, he said, <laughs> if there were no other force promoting circulation than the heart, the heart of a whale would be required in the human chest to affect even a very slow and languid circulation. Uh, In 2003, researchers studying the efficiency of cardiac muscle found that the heart is about 30% efficient as a pressure propulsion pump. Additional research showed that a functioning heart is not necessary for blood flow, certainly to stay alive and function efficiently, but it's not necessary for blood flow. So you say, how can this possibly be true in every um, biology course, um, in every children's book, and even in medical school, we're taught that the that the heart is a pump that's just forcing blood through our bodies every day on a regular basis. So, uh, The key to this is uh, fourth phase water. It's a, a new area of uh, research. So we're familiar with the first three phases, liquid, solid, and gas. So we have liquid water, we have you know ice, and we have uh, vapor, the gaseous form of water. Uh, and a fourth phase has been discovered. So when water is next to a hydrophilic surface, such as the inside of our arteries, um, and radiant energy is applied. One of the uh, so ox- or water is H2O. So one of the H and O bonds is broken, and a hydrogen is cleaved off. So what we're left with instead of H2O is HO, and the molecules then combine to form a layered, flat, lattice-like hexagonal structure on the inside of our arteries. Uh, they much like a graft. Yeah, kind of like that. Um, and the, uh, the, these, uh, lattice, this lattice-like structure stacks, stack themselves uh, neatly next to the hydrophilic surface. So they start to line the surface, in this case, our arteries. Uh, That's the, like a hose. Um, yeah. If, if you take the arteries away, you'll, you'll have this structure, which would approach the uh, hose-like structure for sure. The fourth phase water is gel-like, uh, and it's also uh, known as uh, AKA structured water or exclusionary zone water. We find exclusion zones made up of the fourth phase water on our vascular endothelia, so the inside of our arteries. 
because our hard arteries are that hydrophilic surface. Uh, our blood is about half water, so this uh, phenomenon occurs on the lining of the arteries. And it's even been found that the formation of structured water on the inner surface of a tube can create flow on its own. So that's what we're talking about, where we don't necessarily need this heart to be pumping our blood through our bodies, through our arteries, because this hydrophilic water, this exclusion zone, can actually start to energetically push blood in this example through the body on its own. So that leads us to talk about the heart as not a pressure propulsion pump. If the chamber of the heart contract and move blood through, but not enough to propel blood through the whole body, a pressure propulsion pump would have to forcefully suck blood in one side and forcefully push it out the other. And that's not what our heart does. Wait a minute. Mm -hmm. This gets really fascinating. But I'm sure everybody's now wanting to know how in the world does the heart get to pump with an external source that might be providing the energy to allow the chambers to make the energy flow possible. Mm -hmm. So that brings us back to redefining the heart instead of as a pressure propulsion pump. That's a tongue twister in itself. The function of the heart is now, according to a lot of research, thought to be restraining blood flow instead of uh, actively pumping blood through the arteries. Um, If you think about an athlete who's doing a a really uh, intense workout, you know, your your heart rate's going to start to rise. And we think of it as the blood trying to be pumped to the tissue so they can receive oxygenation to meet that demand. But what's actually happening is the uh, if we're trying to pump all this oxygenated blood to the arterial side that venous side is going to collapse so what the heart is doing is restraining that increased flow of blood and so that it can keep an, an equilibrium between the two sides the arterial and the venous so side. could i interpret this as being a monitoring system a monitoring system and also uh, acting so it's regulatory regulatory yes so more regulatory than pressure propulsion so it's more of a dam than it is a pressure pump so that effectively prevents the breakdown of the venous side of the equation by slowing the blood flow to maintain pressure in the system now should we add a disclaimer here that we're not trying to say how important the heart is (laughs) in the function of the body oh it's extremely important Absolutely. It's um, just, just we're looking at it just, from a different angle. Exactly, just looking at it from a different and angle. And we don't want to exclude that medical intervention here could be very worthwhile. Oh, absolutely. If someone was experiencing heart anomalies. Absolutely. Yeah. Okay, so I'm we just sorry want to, to Oh, yeah, we just want to be able to help support the cardiovascular system in a more efficient way. So what we're declaring here is more importance on the water intake, and I believe that you're probably even going to add an element here that says specific water intake? Yes. Let's talk about uh, the heart itself. Um, The heart itself can actually create fourth phase water. So if we have a healthy heart to begin with, the heart vortexes the blood as it passes through several times as it passes through the heart, which creates uh, fourth phase water. 
We're going to call this a smart heart. <laughs> this is a very smart heart. You know, hopefully we have a smart heart. Some of us do not, unfortunately. <laughs> so the, the more sedentary a person is, the worse their diet is, the less energetically they live and expose themselves to nature, their heart will actually change shape to have an enlarged heart and that will not vortex the water properly, which will lead to less energetic blood and it will not structure uh, exclusionary zones on the inside of the arteries. So it's not going to be pushing blood through on its own. And so it's gonna rely on that heart to try to squeeze blood through the heart. So again, here the emphasis is on healthy mm -hmm. living lifestyles, mm -hmm. and that would include um, nutrition and a complement of exercise. Um, this is providing that you have a healthy heart and you wanna maintain a mm -hmm. healthy heart. The question is what, can predispose someone with inadequate blood flow to heart failure. So one of those would be scarring, someone who has already experienced a heart attack. So someone that's already there, already has heart damage. And surprisingly, it can also be present in endurance exercisers. So people that are doing uh, ultra marathons or even many marathons, um, what we call chronic cardio, where it's uh, too much cardio is, is not always a good thing. Putting excessive stress on the system. Exactly. So those people are, are forced to burn more glucose for fuel, which uh, when you're burning glucose is actually a stress on the body. Another thing would be a poor fuel source, like we mentioned before, glucose. The heart prefers fatty acids and ketones preferentially as the brain does. So can you explain fatty acids and ketones? One of the more popular ways of eating now, of course, is a ketogenic diet, or even a lot of people do carnivore diet, and, and also intermittent fasting, so you're not eating for a majority of the day. So as part of this, we're reducing our carbohydrate or glucose intake, which forces our liver to convert our fatty acids to ketones, which are the byproduct of the breakdown of fatty acids. So our heart and our brains really prefer to function off of the ketone, the ketone bodies. And this again uh, amplifies the importance of drinking sufficient amounts of water to For help sure. the body flush out anything that's no longer complementary. Absolutely. So the more we can run off these ketones and the less we have to run off of glucose, carbohydrates, the better. You know, when you think way, way back when, we didn't have access to nearly as many. I mean, you go in the grocery store now and it's just like a lot of people say, shop around the edge. You have your meats, your veggies, all that. And in the middle of it, it's just boxes of carbohydrates. <laughs> so, you know, we, you know, years and years and years ago, our, our bodies didn't develop and they weren't adapted to eating and we're still not adapted to eating this way and it's nothing but bad for our systems our brain function our hormone function a neurotransmitter function heart function any of that can you tell through chiropractic adjustment or by a particular individual coming to you for chiropractic care whether or not their body or their heart system is in alignment I mean, outside of the traditional means of vital signs, I can certainly tell when I'm working on someone if they have a bad diet, if they, you know, don't live efficiently as far as getting out to nature, getting grounding, all that kind of thing. Yeah, you just, you feel it in the tissue texture, you feel it in the way that their, their joints are inflamed, that their joints do or do not move. And again, that's just another indicator that, you know, someone needs to have a holistic approach holistic. and or a... Um, complementary approach from a variety of resources to, you know, uh, provide the overall well-being of that individual. Absolutely. 
Would you like to know how to structure the water in your body? Oh, I know. We're just dying to find this out. <laughs> <laughs> so one of, one of the most efficient ways to form structured water in your body, which, again, to review, structured water creates the exclusionary zone on the inside of your arteries, which protects your arteries and also pushes that blood through efficiently. So it takes the stress off your heart. Uh, one of the most important things is infrared light. Uh, infrared light is the most effective light for energizing structured water, leading to improved blood flow. Now, do you apply that with your practice? I employ it with my personal practice. I would like to get more of it in the office. One of the most effective ways you can do that is infrared sauna use. So these are becoming more and more available and, and commonly used. There is a Dr. Rhonda Patrick, and she has a really cool collection of studies that she's put together. And there's so much great information in here, but one of the biggest things that stands out is if you use an infrared sauna 20 minutes, four times a week, it will reduce your risk of all-cause mortality by 40%, which is astounding. I mean, 40%. (laughs) Your risk of all-cause death by 40%, including cancer, diabetes, you know, metabolic disorder, cardiovascular disease, uh, dementia, all that, just by sitting in a hot box for 20 minutes, four times a week. Now, you're familiar with the Beamer, Matt. Mm-hmm. Does this work with any kind of infrared technology that might be beneficial, or is this how this is oxygenating the body? I think that that would also be effective as far as introducing uh, energy into the body for that purpose, yes. So it's a different delivery system, but it still has much of the same complementary impact. Yes. Sauna use reduces arrhythmias in the heart because it takes stress off the heart. It improves endothelial function, so function of the arteries, uh, improves exercise tolerance, improves prognosis, heart prognosis by reducing the risk of a heart attack. Some of the other methods that uh, introduce energy into the body can be just getting sunlight on your skin. We should all get sunlight on our skin every single day. Contact with the earth, you're familiar with that. Grounding, going outside barefoot, even grounding mats and proper diet and uh, water intake, good water intake. So ketones, fatty acids, good water. Our house um, that we just moved into, we get a whole house water filter put on, we have reverse osmosis. And there's also some attachments or some things that you can keep in your house with it, devices that will structure your water for you. So they'll... So now we get into talking about water consumption because not everybody has access to good water yes, sources yes. and many people are buying bottled water. Sure. Is there a difference between say spring water and or pH factored water or... Uh. <laughs> I mean, that's kind of a, a, you know, we don't have to talk about brands, but, you know, what are we looking for? I mean, that's a whole topic within itself. Within the health community, there's a a whole debate on that. If you're able to find spring water from an actual spring, there's an actual, I can't remember what the website is, but there's a website out there where you can search for springs near you and consume that. I think that's probably one of the best. Outside of that, I'm not a big fan of bottled water just because of the uh, BPA the plastic content. Yes, exactly. The they can leach into your yeah. water. If possible, get something at home that, that filters or cleans your water for you. Get a metal container and, and drink from that during the day or glass. Interesting. Have we covered the issue on cardiac health? For the most part, yes. I just want to kind of go over a summary of uh, what we just discussed. Uh, so uh, prevention and solutions for good cardiac health. Drink good quality water. 
reduce oxidative stress, energize your body, get into nature often, get sunlight, walk barefoot on the earth, use a grounding mat, use uh, infrared sauna or red light therapy. That would, those would be the big ones. And also, you know, eat properly. Eat properly. Mm-hmm. All right, we're not done yet. Oh my goodness. Um, I can't say that I saved the best for last, but I think this is an exciting innovation that we're going to want to explore. I know that Dr. Coles uh, has been known to acquire, I'm going to call it toys, but they're innovative technology that is going to be very supplemental and interventionary for individual health. Recently, he acquired soft wave therapy. Can you tell us about what this involves? Mm-hmm. Soft wave tissue regeneration technology is something I was introduced to four months back now. I was at a conference in Atlanta. There was a, a vendor there. There was only one vendor because this conference doesn't usually have any vendors, but he was a friend of the man putting it on. I don't usually talk to vendors because they're trying to sell you something, and <laughs> I didn't want to buy anything. So I saw there was a line of people over by him, and uh, he was using this machine on them, and they seemed to be getting better right away as far as whatever condition they were treating. And I had had a big, great toe joint injury for three years, hurt me every day, walking, bending and bending. And the bones were just, a little, you know, the joint was messed up, so the bones were slamming into each other when I would take a step. I tried this chiropractic stuff, tried PT, went to podiatrist, and just not a whole lot of success with it. So I said, what can it hurt? I'll go over there and have him shockwave my toe. And he did for about three minutes, and that I haven't had pain. It was immediate. I haven't had pain in four months in that toe, and that was one treatment. So So you you said shockwave. Shockwave, yeah. So can you explain that? Yeah, I guess there's a few different words people use for it. Stem wave, shockwave, soft wave. It's basically introducing acoustic waves into your tissue. And from my understanding, you're kind of replicating a microtrauma to the area, but there is no trauma. Your body just thinks that there might be a trauma there. And so it shuts down inflammation, increases blood flow to the area, and most importantly, activates your stem cells in the area and recruits new stem cells to the area to promote healing of the tissue. It was just amazing to me. And I said, where, where do I sign to get one of these? So we talked about stem cells. Can we talk a little bit about what stem cell therapy can do for an individual? Yeah, there's a whole list on the, if you go to softwavetrt.com of conditions, possible indications for soft wave treatment. Anywhere from, in my office so far in the past couple months, we've treated back pain, knee pain, even long-standing knee pain, ankle, feet, shoulders have been fantastic responders. So pretty much anything that we shoot it at has benefited. So when you they shoot it at, it isn't like an injection. <laughs> no. It's like an ultrasonic tool? Yes, it's a, a silicone membrane. It is uh, The applicator is filled with water. It creates a spark in there that creates a, a sound wave. That is a, it's an applicator that almost looks like an ultrasound applicator. So it, it just puts acoustic wave into your tissue. And there's different intensities that we use at first on the, on the discovery appointment. We will go over the area and just kind of map out where the tender points are. With healthy tissue, you won't have any tender points. So when you do have tender points, we know it's usually something that the soft wave can address. So I have to be, disclosure here, I've had a treatment, mm-hmm. and um, it felt to me like I was receiving little, I don't want to scare anybody, but many <laughs> bee stings yeah. that um, were very brief, and um, they would be in what you would have described, I believe, as micropulses of sure. uh, energy. Mine was fairly recent, but i got to tell you, 
For someone who has had excruciating nerve pain, this has made a significant difference. That's awesome. How long do you think treatments are expected to last? It depends on the person, their condition, their overall health condition, their age. I mean, a lot of it, a lot of different factors. Like for me, one treatment I didn't expect of of anything to last for how long it has, four months so far. And from the people I talk to, treatment can last anywhere from indefinitely to um, you might need a booster in a month or two. Just It all depends, I guess, is the big answer. And how long does it take to administer the treatment? Under 15 minutes, for sure. We can get some people done in three or four minutes. Some people take 10 minutes, just depending on the size of the area, the number of shocks that they need, frequency that we put. Sometimes we use different hertz as as far as the frequency of the pulse. Is there any pre-preparation for the treatment necessary? Mm, Not really. So you just show up yep. after you make an appointment, <laughs> you of course. Just, you just show up. <laughs> but it's just been a fascinating tool. I've, I've never seen anything quite like it, which is why I went ahead and made the investment into it. It was in Europe, I believe. It's German-made. It was in Europe for about 15 years, and it's just now arrived in the States. So there aren't too many of the units here, but we're very excited to have it because I feel like it's one of the things that is addressing what we the kind of things that we just weren't able to address before. I'm super excited about this new innovative technology that can help to reduce pain in individuals and in low-cost measures and perhaps reduce the need for interventional surgical application. Definitely worth investigating because it seems to be able to cover a variety of things. Is there any individual that might not want to seek this intervention? Uh, We are definitely cautionary with pregnant women. And those who may have electronics within them, like a pacemaker, defibrillator, a lot of these internal electronic devices are able to be turned off. So we just, uh, if, if it's a device that's able to be turned off, we just ask the, the patient to turn it off and we can treat and turn it right back on. So someone, say, that has been surgically repaired with mm-hmm. knee replacement? Uh, no or- problem. Okay, good to know. Pretty much anything else is fair game. If you if you have hardware in you, if you've had you know if you're post surgical, all that's good to go. So anybody that's had say a surgical anomaly such as a frozen shoulder or oh, something yeah. like that, this can Especially be able that. to heal. Is there any requirement for more than one session per treatment area? Because I imagine that you treat one area at a time right. and then can move into other areas that right. might be complicating. We prefer to treat one area at a time just because you're recruiting stem cells, you're affecting an area energetically, and went with the body to be able to concentrate on healing just that area. And is there any downtime in between treatments? Leave at least 48 hours. Sometimes we'll push it back to 24 if, if it's a scheduling issue, but at least 48 hours in between treatments. Now, I also think that you have another topic that is one of your primary areas of focus that you'd like to address. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to just turn that over to you. I'm not even going to tell them what it is. <laughs> I like to talk about statin drugs. Number one, it's uh, a lot of people coming into the office are on statin drugs, and it can affect the way that your body functions in many different areas. Number one, the one that we find is very common is just muscle soreness, muscle tightness, especially in the legs. Of course, I always review people's medications, but sometimes they forget to put them down there. A lot of times target their issues to being on a statin drug. So If people don't know, a statin drug is a medication that seeks to reduce your endogenous production of cholesterol, so your your own production of cholesterol in your body. And it works through this cascade of reactions. There's a chemical at the top of this cascade called HMG-CoA. And so there's an enzyme, that's a reductase enzyme, 
that converts that molecule to another molecule that uh, starts this process. And in the end, is cholesterol. What statin drugs are, are an HMG-CoA reductase inhibitor. So they block out that enzyme and your body's not able to produce nearly as much cholesterol as it would have. Now the problem is, through all these different processes on the way to producing cholesterol, you're cutting out a lot of really beneficial reactions. One of those is uh, it's called isopentanyl PP. So this molecule is important for making selenoproteins. Uh, the most famous selenoprotein is glutathione peroxidase. A lot of people have heard of glutathione. It's arguably the most important antioxidant in your body. So when we think about antioxidants, they are molecules that prevent free radical damage in your body. So free radicals can create havoc everywhere in your body and, and especially in your uh, arteries. They attack the, the lining of your arteries. So sufficient levels of glutathione are crucial for preventing both tissue and DNA damage, free radical damage that we call oxidative stress. So obviously glutathione is kind of important. That same molecule, isopentanyl PP, is also essential for the conversion of vitamin K1 to K2. And I'm always interested to, to hear that most people have not heard of uh, vitamin K2. Of course, K1 is used for clotting. K2 is the only molecule that I know of, the only endogenously produced vitamin or supplement or drug that will actually manages minerals in your body. So it takes the minerals out of your soft tissues, including your arteries, and shuttles them back into your oh, bone. So how do we find vitamin K? Well, your body produces it, which is why we need to keep this system healthy. In, a, in, in your diet, you'll find it, you'll find K2 in fermented foods. So most people are not eating a lot of fermented foods, primary of which is called natto. It's an Asian food that doesn't look very appetizing from what I've seen. I've never tried it. And Kambucha. certainly in America, people are not eating it. So hard cheeses for sure, but um, if we're able to produce that in our own bodies, all the better. So K2 helps prevent calcification in the arteries, so atherosclerosis, and it also builds bone. So we so, want individuals to explore more of the nutritional supplements that can help for sure. build this I'd, in the body. Yeah, I'd recommend that everyone, K2 works really good with vitamin D. So I, I tell people, if there's one thing I take every single day, it's my D K2, because D in itself is responsible for turning on hundreds of uh, genes for your health and vitamin k2 is going to help prevent atherosclerosis cardiovascular issues and build your bones which a lot of people out here just dumping calcium into their bodies to try to build their bones and a lot of that's just going to end up in your arteries because it doesn't know where to go unfortunate thing is statin drugs are touted as drugs that are going to prevent atherosclerosis but we know that it actually will end up uh, increasing your risk of atherosclerosis, heart disease, as well as other metabolic conditions, like it, it will cause insulin resistance, diabetes, dementia, so all that bad stuff that we're trying to avoid. It, it, it makes me angry because the things that we're trying to avoid by taking this drug are actually being caused by this drug. The statins have been shown to uh, give you an increase, a 30% increased risk of uh, developing diabetes. And the reason people are prescribed statin drugs would be? Reduce cholesterol, one. which, again, there's different theories on cholesterol, different cholesterol theory. 
Um, but that's that's the reason it's prescribed. Which there's statin drugs have only been proven to prevent heart attack, cardiovascular issues in people that have already experienced a heart attack. We think that that is because statin drugs act as an anti-inflammatory, which will help with cardiovascular conditions. But there are a whole lot better ways to drive anti-inflammatory processes of the body than taking a drug that's going to cause cancer metabolic conditions, all that kind of stuff. So one of the other things that happens during this whole pathway to create cholesterol is uh, CoQ10 production. CoQ10 helps make ATP in the mitochondria. The heart is dense with mitochondria. Because of this, statins have been shown to cause fatigue and cardiomyopathy, which is disease of the heart muscle tissue. Uh, that same molecule is used to synthesize dolichol, which plays a big role in the function of insulin receptors and the prevention of insulin resistance. So what we just talked about, this is why it's causing insulin resistance, metabolic dysfunction, heart disease, uh, all in the name of preventing cholesterol production in the body. Now, cholesterol is a very vilified molecule, but what a lot of people don't realize is cholesterol actually helps defend against infections. It repairs cells. It reduces inflammation. Like we said, it helps synthesize vitamin D, transports fat-soluble vitamins, delivers energy, supports muscle function, uh, supports neurotransmitter signaling, prevents vascular calcification. And one of the biggest things is all of your hormones, all of your steroid hormones are created from cholesterol. So your testosterone, estrogen, progesterone, all that stuff created from cholesterol. If you look at the structure, if you look up the, um, a picture of a cholesterol molecule and then look at the steroids, you'll see real, real big similarities because they're made from it. Now, it's the reason that virtually every man that comes into my office and is on statins is, uh, has erectile dysfunction because their testosterone is way, way down, in addition to fatigue and difficulty healing and all that because it greatly reduces that testosterone production. And similarly, in women, they have hormone issues as well. And they have all these other conditions that they can't figure out why they're having until I ask them, when did you start experiencing this condition and when did you start taking that statin drug? So could we maybe say that the body is undergoing transition in the medical community as we examine maybe some of the mineral, do I want to call that registers, as we take blood work? You know, there's a high level, there's a low level. Not necessarily really understanding the oh, interactivity. Absolutely. <laughs> absolutely, yeah. I mean, the ranges when we get our blood tests back and we look at those are just ranges. I mean, they're, they're so different. It's a lab everyone. report. Yeah. So, I mean, even if, if you're taking into account like uh, testosterone, one man might function really well off of, you know, 400 level. One man might need a thousand. So it's, I mean, it's all over the board. It's, we're so different. Our bodies are so different. You know, one way of eating Mediterranean diet might work fantastically for some person and a strictly ketone diet may work differently for another person. I mean, we're all so genetically different, but a lot of the big ways to live and for example you know grounding getting infrared energy and reducing our carbohydrates that's universal for pretty much everyone the closer you can live to the way that we've been over thousands of years and the cleaner that we can eat the more we can be in touch with nature and energy and our spirituality the better for sure without right. introducing chemicals that are going to completely shut off endogenous processes that we've had working in our favor for thousands of years a natural way of being absolutely
Well, I think this has been an absolutely fascinating and almost technical exploration into new health technologies, but I hope you've enjoyed this lively conversation. Thank you so much for coming and sharing your insights with us, Dr. Coles. I know our listeners are pondering the benefit of your shared insights and anxious to explore this new therapeutic modification. Again, if you think someone will benefit from this podcast, tell them about our programs. You will find Dr. Cole's contact information on my website, JillianaRaymond.com. And if someone wants to get in touch with Dr. Coles, can you give us that information? Sure. You just go to my website. It's ColesChiro.com, C-O-L-E-S-C-H-I-R-O.com. We have uh, all of our contact information there. I appreciate your taking time out of your valuable day to share this valuable information. On January 9th, 2023, where my guest will be Holly Parker, RN, who is going to discuss nutritional health with us. Until then, be well, enjoy the holidays, and I'll see you in 2023. Bye for now. Some discussions may cause you to pause and reflect upon the information you're receiving, but all programs are designed to enliven your daily experiences and inform you of the often invisible forces that surround you on a constant basis. These programs are the culmination of my 30 years of curious research and personal experiences. My discoveries have allowed me to experience an exciting spiritual dimension that I'm hoping more individuals can explore and share in the excitement that has been such a big part of my life. It is the hope of this podcast creator. You will enjoy the programming and utilize some of the wisdom presented. Some of the information within programs is proprietary and requires the permission of the presenter. However, feel free to share the general portions with those you feel can benefit from the program. See you next week.